Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What Paul is trying to do here is that he's going to describe Jesus Christ to me, but he's actually telling me that this is how my mind ought to work. Mm. Yeah, so he wrote this thing for me so that I know how I'm supposed to think and how I'm supposed to act, what my attitude is supposed to be like. As we go through this, one thing you hold in mind is like, okay, if he's telling me that this is how I ought to think and this is how I ought to act, he was God, I'm not. Because when we keep reading, it's like these things are almost beyond me, but they are not. He was God. Okay. Yet he lived this life of human. All we have known so far is this human. So if he could come as God and live it so well, how much more are we? Mm-hmm. So Paul believes that you and I can live this life. So he's, he's not even addressing us as feeble people who are incapable of living this human life in the way Jesus Christ lived it. He's addressing us as humans that are very much capable Humans that have given their lives to Jesus Christ and have become transformed creations before God. And he's telling us that because of our position in Christ, we are able to have this mind and this attitude and this ways that Jesus Christ modeled for us. We can live this life the way he has modeled for us. Amen. Amen. Verse 6. Verse 6. Okay. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. We're talking about the second person of the Trinity here. In every way, he is God as well. Because we serve only one God. It's not three gods. It's one God, but three persons. We had a great study where we talked about how this second person of the Trinity became God the Son so that he could inherit us all. Because God wanted to pass an inheritance to Jesus because as a father you have to pass an inheritance to your son and the only person that qualified for that position was the second person of the Trinity because he was God as well this second person of the Trinity was willing to look at all of their creation and say that okay I'm gonna be one of those this God is one with the Father, the Holy Spirit. He has all their attributes. He has that power they have. He's God in all facets and all elements and in all things that you would attribute as God. Everything that comes with being God, Jesus Christ had it. And so it's not about him even claiming to be God. It's not about him even grasping onto what is unattainable for him. It is who he already is. So for him to... Let go of all that and decide for a moment he's going to be one of his own creations. He has now taken on flesh and will go through the lowest treatments that a fleshy being could ever face. Take on the garment of sin from all of humanity combined. Okay, that's a lot. But let's go to the next verse. You know, Nadia, I, I just need to ask a quick question. I've always thought this was kind of confusing to me when it says, especially the way it said here, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And when I read it in the New Living Translation, it says, um, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Yeah. I always kind of got confused. And it says, thought it not robbery to be equal 
with God. So it's like, it, to me, it kind of says, well, you know, I'm God, I'm equal to God. But then this one says, it says that did not think of equality um, with God as something to cling to. That sounds like something different, but it was always confusing to me when it says thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Okay, it's the language that was used in that day. Yeah. Yeah. This teaching that we're still having, you guys are already listening to last week's teaching through the podcast. We noticed that it was all about one person feeling that they are equal to the other person. And that was when resentment would come into the picture, right? We said it started in the garden. Satan had to portray to Adam and Eve that... God told them not to eat that tree in the garden because God was intentional in hindering them from becoming God. The bait there was that becoming equal with God. Mm -hmm. And they fell for it because they were already made in God's image, but they fell for that. So um, next thing, we talked about King Herod. When he heard that there was a king of the Jews, it was that equality again. That's what brought about the resentment. Then we talked about John the Baptist when he sent his disciples to find out if Messiah was truly Messiah. It was that equality again going on that was creating resentment. Then even up to crucifixion, the thing that annoyed the Jews so much was because he was called king of the Jews. They felt he was so equal to them that he did not deserve to have that title. Uh So in the way these translations go, it's basically saying that Jesus Christ is equal to God, but he's not clinging onto his equality like like somebody is trying to take it away from him by him Uh becoming the son of God. Uh So he's not feeling robbed of his position. Mm. Okay. I love that you bring it out because I wondered about that for a long time too. You know, I used yeah. to quote it and quote it, but it was just nice to quote, but I didn't really get what it meant. <laughs> Something here or what? It's just that doesn't make sense. I understand what the New Living Translation says, but that that would always get confusing. But thank you for that. I oh, okay. That. Yeah. So okay. it's just I am. Um, this equal partner with this person, but I'm going to step down and be like one of the workers because my equal partner, we came into an agreement that I would do it. And while I'm going to do it, I'm not feeling like, wait, this partner is robbing me of who I am and what I am. And this partnership we have, he's taking it away from me. He didn't see it that way. Got it. Yeah. In other words, he's um, very confident of who he is. Yes. And he's just simply trying to model for us. Awesome. (laughs) So he's not all puffed up because he knows. Yes. Yes. He already knows who he is. Yeah. Exactly. Humility. And remember, as we go through this, and we're talking about Jesus, but Paul is saying that this is the mind we ought to have. Uh I want us to have this mind knowing that We are in this position with Jesus and we don't need to prove anything to anybody. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That makes sense. So all of this is talking to us. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Seven, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant 
and was made in the likeness of men. Okay, guys. It's one thing to make yourself of no reputation. You are God. But then you make yourself a servant. You take the lowest position in earthly sense. Guys, see that Jesus chose to become the least of humanity. I hope we get it that he made a choice that I'm going to come and be man. I'm going to suffer, but I'm going to become the least of how a man is supposed to look like. I'm going to be a servant. He made himself of no reputation. He took the form of a servant. He goes into the lows of humanity so that if you are, or I am in a lowly position, I remember that Jesus was there too. He chose to be in that lowly position so that I and you can find him right there in that low position we are. He did not choose a high position. You know how the scribes and the Pharisees and how all of those people, how they carry themselves in society and how the greats carry themselves in society. He didn't choose to come and carry himself that way. If he carried himself that way, he would have been buddies with those people who felt they were high and mighty. So he did not choose a high position. And it makes me wonder, could this be why it is harder for a rich man to choose heaven? Jesus told the rich man that it is easier for a, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. Could it be that he had to become the lowest of the lowest so that all of the lowly placed people on the earth who will choose him will enjoy a high position that he came to bring them into. So even if we are rich and the richest of the rich in society, we must have a mind like Jesus Christ. This is what Paul is trying to say. Whatever our position is in the physical, let this mind be in us that was in Christ Jesus. Next verse, please. Verse number eight. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. This is why it keeps getting like intense. Jesus Christ, you could die any other death. At the time, death on the cross was the most humiliating death of all. And honestly, many scholars said that he was naked on the cross. Even though we see these pictures with a cloth wrapped around him, remember they had removed his cloth and were making fun of, it was the most shameful, humiliating thing he was going through. He chose this death. Why would he choose the most humiliating death of all? And see, this is the thing about the spirit kingdom. What we don't see is that when you are so debased in the earth, it doesn't mean that as someone who walks with God, you are debased. In heaven, that was God. But now God was on earth as a human. This is God the Son. In the kingdom of God, he is God. On earth, he is man. So it's on earth that he's undergoing all of this humiliation. Next verse, please. Verse 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Wow. At the mention of your name. Hallelujah. Amen. God exalted him. So from a place of utter humiliation, God exalted him and gave him a name 
that is above every other name, right? Mm -hmm. God exalted Jesus to the highest rank. God promoted Jesus. If you are the son of God, if you're the second person of the Trinity, how much higher can you go? How much higher can you go? And how did the exaltation happen, Valerie? Finish that up, please. That at the name of Jesus, yes. every every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Wow. Wow. At the name of Jesus, every knee bows mm. of things that are in heaven, that are on earth, under the earth. First, that makes you think, okay, there's things in the heavens, there's things on the earth, there's things underneath the earth. Yes, there are. Because of this position he chose to have in humanity, he wasn't looking for self-exaltation. He wasn't looking for a title on the earth. God had a higher position for his son because of him choosing to become the lowest of the lowest. I want you guys to consider all the big names you hear about. No matter how big a name is, like you hear big names on the earth and you're like, okay, that's that person. Maybe it's a star, it's a celebrity and all that. You're like, okay, they are loved, they are famous, they are all that. But people still talk trash about them. There'll be still some few people that talk trash about somebody on the earth, no matter what name you have. This is why it draws to the spirit that God gave Jesus a name which every tongue will confess that he is Lord. God gave Jesus a name that every knee will bow, even if there are people of different religions or even witches who refuse to bow right now. Oh, there's a time that will come that every one of them will bow. It's a place of authority that God has placed Jesus that every spirit being must respond to. It is a given. God is the father of all spirits and what he says goes. Principalities and powers will recognize the power and authority in the name of Jesus beyond contest. I want you to see that it is the destiny of every being to bow to Jesus Christ. If they are blinded now, a time will come when they are able to see and confess. Demons see it. Demons see it. They confess it. The bow to the name of Jesus. Understand that the authority Jesus Christ carries is more than anything you can think about. Demons understand that. That the authority Jesus carries is bigger than the authority of their master. The irony of all this is that Satan once came at Jesus offering him his version of promotion to have him mm. bow to him. Mm. In Matthew 4, from verse 8 to 11, I read, Then again the devil came and took Jesus to a very high mountain, right? So God has given Jesus a name that is above every other name. He has placed him in a high position. And here is Satan coming to take Jesus on the physical earth to a high mountain on the earth, the realm of the earth. This is Jesus who was to carry a name that all of those in heaven and on earth and underneath the earth were going to bow to. But here was Satan placing him on a high place on the earth. Jesus is exalted all over heaven, all over earth, all over 
underneath the earth. And here are you just presenting a realm that you have authority over. And so you take him to a physical place and you show him the kingdoms of the world. And I continue to read. You showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor. The devil said, if you will bow down and worship me, I will give you all of this. Mm. Wait, this is the Jesus that every knee would bow to. And you are offering that he should bow to you? <laughs> How many of us have fallen prey and become victims to situations that are supposed to bow to us? We have bowed to situations in life that were destined to bow to us. This was before Jesus Christ got promoted to that position, before he got that name that will have even Satan bow to him. But here was Satan offering him this, offering him all of the earth and asking him to now bow to Satan. Call all these kingdoms Satan is offering to Jesus right now with their splendor and compare them to the exaltation Jesus Christ received. Jesus bows to no one. Everyone else bows to him. And I repeat, don't bow to things that were meant to bow to you. I am so excited about my book, Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. God is amazing. I can go on and on and think about what the Lord has done so far. But, you know, I just wanted to get on here and thank you so much for all the, <laughs> the support. And thank you for all the feedback I've been getting. Thank you for purchasing this book and buying for loved ones. Some of you bought like seven copies. Some of you bought like five copies. I am so delighted. God wants us to not only stay on the outskirts, and say, hey, come, come here, come here. He wants us in his kingdom realm with him. He wants to show us heaven. When Jesus Christ tore the veil, when he died and he took us into heaven, he seated us in heavenly places with God. So right now we are in that seated position. <laughs> it is just an endless life of growing our spirit man. So I found out that when Adam and God were interacting in the beginning, it was all about a spiritual interaction. So he made you and I to have a spiritual interaction consistently. What stopped that? What took us away from that? This is all and so much more you will encounter in Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. So I want you right now, I want to encourage you, go for it, go grab your copy, please grab your copy, tell me about it, tell me what the Lord is already doing in your life, tell me what the Lord is doing in the life of the loved one you will also buy the copy for. I encourage you to give the gift of the Spirit.